0: Hello, and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Mark Chantry, and I'm the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. On today's pod, our guest is Vanessa Tibbs from the Olympia School District. Vanessa is a paraprofessional at Olympia South Elementary, which is in Atlanta, and she recently started a STEM initiative that is going district-wide, and so I want to welcome Vanessa to the podcast. Vanessa, thanks for joining us. Thank
1: you for having me. Yes, yeah, thank you.
0: Well, let's get started. First of all, uh, so you've chosen to be involved in education. What inspired you to become a paraprofessional and join the K-12 ranks?
1: Well, my boys, um, who are now both grown adults, they both went to Carroll Catholic in Lincoln. And that's when they were at Carroll Catholic in Lincoln. I worked there for a short period of time and volunteered there. Um, I was in the library and ran the accelerated reader program and ran the library there, one or two days a week. It kind of depended on my need that I was there. And then when they, when my youngest graduated, I didn't feel the need. At that point, I was volunteering. I didn't feel the need to volunteer anymore. I did own and operate a hair and nail salon also. So I did, I did two things at once. um And then when I gave it a couple years, and I was like, ah. Eh to get back into education because I really do love working with the kids. So I just started looking for jobs around and the one at South here popped up. And so I applied and I got the position.
0: Very good. And how long have you been there at South?
1: This is my eighth full year. The year I started, I started in February and I was a classroom reduction aide my first year and a half. And then after that, Then I did an enrichment group. I had kind of like an intervention, but I was just teaching enrichment for, I can't remember if it was one or two years. And then that's when I jumped into the STEM after that.
0: Very good. Very good. So we may have some listeners that are not familiar with what a typical day might look like for a paraprofessional, Vanessa. And you've kind of alluded to in your your answer to the last one, there are different roles that a paraprofessional can fill. But can you generally describe what a paraprofessional does and what a typical day might look like, whether it's yours or, or others that you know?
1: I am an interventionist. I help and work with, I work through, with K-5 through on a daily basis. We do our MTSS, so our multi-tiered, the support that the kids need. So I work with kids who are low, below grade level. And reading and math. In my day, we have, so like my first part of the day from 8 to 825, I have fifth graders. My fifth grade group that I have now is a STEM group, and so I have the same kids 25 minutes every day. Whether I'm working with a group, the group I'm working with might be reading. They might have a deficit in their fluency. We're really focusing this year at South on fluency, so we might be working on six-minute solutions, and they do a reading passage. And they get that reading passage on Monday. It's a cold read. They've read it. They read it to me. They've never seen it before. They practice that passage all week long with me and at home. And then on Friday, they do a hot read with me. And their goal is to increase their fluency, have smaller mistakes, read farther, read it smoother, and all of that. I might have a math group. My math group might have, they might need to be working on multiplication. They might just need basic number sense. So that's my day as an interventionist, our aides, we have some one-to-one aides who spend all day with just the same students, supporting them, whether they're out of the classroom, doing something independently or pushing into the classroom or going to PE with them or going to music with them. And then we just have some kids that are special ed kids that just need some support in just reading. So that aid might push into that classroom for reading or my, And maybe stay in there with that child for the instruction and then pull them out to do the work with them out of the classroom. Because some kids have a hard time working in that big classroom environment, but they need to be in there for the lesson part of it. So we're kind of all over. At South, or our paras, we do recess duty. We do lunch duty. I have bus duty. I start my morning every morning with bus duty, and I end my day every day with bus duty. So you never know. We're kind of all over the place. We're at a shortage right now for subs. So today I haven't been myself. I have been um, an aide. So I was in kindergarten today. I've been in third grade. I've been in fifth grade. And I had recess duty. And all those times that I was in there, I was just in the room supporting kids that needed the help for whatever they were doing.
0: Very good. So you have started doing some STEM work within your school. Can you tell us how that started and how it really came about and and what you're currently working on?
1: So pre-COVID, the year or two before COVID, I was teaching the enrichment and then got into the STEM and really started looking into a lot of the STEM things. I took a class with the outsource classroom and it's no longer in Bloomington, I don't believe. And I learned to 3D CAD create. I was the only adult in the class. Um, <laughs> and I also learned Raspberry Pi program, still way over my head. So I did that. Our PTO was very generous and bought a 3D printer for my classroom. And then after that, that next year, we did, I just I just had nothing but STEM groups. So with the STEM, we did science, technology, engineering, and math. We do a lot of engineering. And then when COVID hit, things kind of had to come to a halt with the STEM because I was needed more for the reading and the math deficits. So this is, I've had after school STEM clubs. I've had a 3D after school, 3D CAD creating class that we would stay after school and work on. This is actually the first year that I've been able to like get back in and have STEM classes during the day. I love teaching reading and math, but STEM is where my heart is. I am an out-of-the-box kind of person, and that's what STEM is. You have to think out of the box. Other than when you come to computer coding and 3D, 3D CAD creating, it is, it is very detailed. So I love the detailed, but I love the gray part of STEM. This summer I took a class on block coding through Tinker. We started something new this year. State Farm was very generous. Our administration, Dr. O'Donnell, helped me. We worked with State Farm and State Farm did a big grant for us this year. So we were able to, with that, I got some of the Dash robots. I've got, I took that computer coding. It was a block coding class through Tinker this summer and they got me a license subscription. I always taught it, but I taught the free version. Well, now I have a licensed version. So the kids are getting more in depth on it. My eighth graders and my second graders have been learning block coding and what they're learning is just, it's crazy. We will, we are partnering with our high school STEM club kids this year and on every school improvement day, our SIP days, they have started coming here to South. I came up with all the lesson plans and the high school kids are implementing, they're facilitating it for me. I went there one day and taught them all the block coding and then they came here and so our fourth graders and our fifth graders here at South all participated in the hour of code nationwide there was an hour of code week in the month of november december i can't remember it was december i believe and they all we all participated in that nationwide so they all coded for an hour they all loved it the state farm grant they got me two new 3d printers there i don't know if you can see them behind me but i will the second semester be teaching 3D CAD creating. So they will learn. You have to learn, you can't just print things. Well you can, because there are places on there online that on the web that you can get all the things, but let's learn to create them. Let's not just take someone else's work. Let's learn to create them. So we just start from the basics like how do you create you know how do you how do you make a circle? How do you how do you join them? How do you you know lift it? How do you it, it it teaches them math all the angles and everything. So that's what I'm going to be working on second semester is 3D CAD creating. They're going to be doing the robots, which is more block coding. We also do directional coding. So I do it's unplugged. I do those with my younger kids. So, you know, here's point A and here's point B. We are actually doing reindeer and the reindeers needed food. So are you what direction are you going to code them? They have to avoid the hay bale. They have to avoid, I can't remember what else it was they had to avoid. So they learn directional coding. My second graders were all learning binary coding. So they made a Christmas ornament with a four-letter Christmas word, and they coded it with beads and then took the ornament home, and their parents had to see if they could figure out the binary code. So um, we're really focusing this year especially with our fifth graders, because we haven't had STEM back. So this year, it's basically coding and robotics. When the STEM high school club comes in February, we will be doing the DASH robots, and that is block coding. And then in March and April, the high school kids will be bringing their Texas instrument rovers, and they will be doing more coding with the fifth graders. The rest of the classes, we've just been doing our fifth grade. My fifth grade class just got done. We had our own Winter Olympics. They had to create, we did ice hockey and we did curling. They had to create an ice hockey net and a stick and curling. They had to create four of the curling rocks and we had our own Olympics and they got to compete in that. And then we had, they got medals for that. We read about the Mayflower. The fourth graders had to then make Mayflower boats. To see how many erasers, you know, how many pilgrims that could be, could float on the Mayflower with just a limited okay. amount of supplies. So it, gotcha. it's everywhere and the kids all seem to love it. Right before Christmas, I did get, I did go to West. I spent a day at West and had first through fifth grade and we did various STEM things for the first through fifth graders.
0: So you mentioned you went to West West Elementary in the district. What do you envision, I should say, for what expansion district wide beyond what you've already done? You talked about obviously engaging the high school in that. What what do you? What's your vision, I guess, going forward for this?
1: As much as I love to teach reading and math, I would love to just be able to just teach STEM and go throughout all of the elementary buildings. And it's just we just have to get the elementary kids exposed to it because they haven't been exposed to it and and i say it's a stem brain but i can it's it's amazing to see my fifth graders from the beginning of the school year when i started stem to even now that their stem brains are so different because you do have to think out of the box and i think they they love it and i think we need to think more out of the box and we need to let the kids be more creative you know reading and math. Yes, we have reading and math the rest of our lives, but there are so many STEM jobs out there that, and that's what State Farm's big thing is too. They really are promoting and that's why they're really behind the STEM initiative is they want to promote because they have a lot of STEM jobs that, they're va- that are vacancies. That's why they're promoting it. So I would love to be able to just do that throughout the elementary buildings. I love that the high school kids are getting involved and they work They were such great role models the day they were here. And the fourth and fifth graders are like, when are they coming back? Are they going to be back next month? I'm like, they won't be back till February, but we'll have the same kids. And they're growing relationships. So that's great, too, because they need to have some upper, you know, some of these kids don't have any upperclassmen to look, you know, to look up to. So that's great, too.
0: That is that's a great byproduct. As we finish up, I guess the last question I'd have for you is you talk about, you know, the the ability of the students to think outside the box. How can their parents or their caregivers encourage STEM exploration at home, even if the parents maybe are not as familiar with STEM and STEM concepts?
1: Well, I saw this question. Victoria had sent me the questions a couple weeks ago, and I saw this question. And then I just actually did a steam summit last weekend and I had to laugh before I got on this live Zoom that we were on, the guy that was going to be in charge of it, he said he wanted us go to our dryer and get dryer lint and pick various things around your house. He didn't give any other thing. He just said a ball of dryer lint and four or five other items around the house. And so I, so I went and grabbed a ball of lint. I had some string. I had tape. I had a cardboard box. And I can't remember what my other thing was. And when we had the clap, then when we met, he, was, he gave us 15 minutes to make whatever we could out of that ball of lint. And I wish I would have had googly eyes. Someone had googly eyes. And so it's just those kinds of things. It's like, okay, well, here, just go grab a ball of lint out of the out of the dryer and just and just <laughs> say or go clean out the dryer and get that ball in. okay now here give here's 10 minutes give them a ball of lint you know give them some crayons, whatever and just say okay you got 10 minutes just to see how creative they are and it was crazy to see the different things that everybody did with that ball. And and I would have never thought of something like that. And I consider myself to have a stem brain. (laughs) So it's just something as simple as that, you know? And so I I have two grandsons that are four and two and my four-year-old grandson, I think I went and got some aluminum foil and a baggie and a crayon and I can't remember a plastic spoon. And I'm like, here, make something out of this. And I couldn't even tell you what it was he made, but he knew what it was he made.
0: Yeah, it's just, they've yeah.
1: got kids have got to be more creative. I think that's the big thing. And we have to let them do it. It's very hard as a teacher to be like, oh, this is the way it should be done. I always teach the kids that we do everything very ishly in here. So it might not look like it's supposed to, but as long as you did your best, that's all that matters.
0: That's great advice. Well, Vanessa, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. It's been a great conversation. Thank, thank you, you very Vanessa. Much. Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 Pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.